It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candice, and I am so fired up for you guys today, for I have such an incredible guest. Her name is Laura Jones, and wow, 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 does she ever bring it in this episode. She first lets us in on a little bit of who she is, where she grew up, how she grew up, her lifestyle. She shares stories about her gymnastics. She gives us insights on what desired her to join the fitness industry. She talks about what a coach is and what a coach should be. She gives insights on how to show up in the world and how to really just be present in life and really just however you need to be um, in that present moment is where the gifts are really going to lie when you just show up and and believe in yourself she gives ways to do so this episode is just filled with incredible stories, uh, strategies, tips, insights, inspirations, power. It's just incredible. And I cannot wait for you guys to get listening. So let's get to it. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Candice? I am excellent. I am so excited to have you on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. I have been a fan of yours ever since I caught wind of you through Todd Durkin. I've decided to follow you and you have been such a huge inspiration with your workouts, with your motivation, with all that you're doing. And I just needed to get you on so that my listeners could just get a little bit of that spark that you have and that that desiring burning fire that you have inside of you i just needed my listeners to get a touch of that so thank you so very much for joining me thank you for inviting me i look so forward to excited. interviewing you in the future and hearing all about your life i would love that i would love that my first uh question that i i have added in um is just a fun question just because of all that is happening in the world uh, what are your three favorite emojis or the three emojis that best describe you and why? Yeah, that's a fun question. Okay, I would have to say that um, the first one is the lightning emoji. Because it's that lightning that comes from above that creates that fire that burns within. So it's the lightning, then the fire, that's number two, and then the 100, of course. That's number three, because that's what it produces. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yep. I like that. It's very cool. Very cool. So I want you to share a little bit about yourself and your life, if you don't mind, just a little bit, because you are a coach in the fitness industry. But can you share a little bit about who you are outside of the, the industry? Sure. Um, I am originally from Tennessee but currently living in South Carolina and have for maybe the past mm, 13, 14 years. Um, I met my husband of 21 years on a cruise ship in the Bahamas, and he is from South Carolina and ultimately what brought me here. But he, um, he went to the Citadel, and I was at University of Tennessee Chattanooga 
but decided not because of him necessarily, but to transfer to Charleston Southern University. And so we dated for, you know, our college, basically our entire college careers. And then as soon as he graduated, we got married. Um, we lived in Charleston for a little while, um, moved back to Chattanooga where we had our children. So we have two boys. They are now 17 and 14. And um, then we eventually moved back to his hometown of Sumter, where I um, started my personal training business, and then eventually moved to Columbia, South Carolina, where we are now. And I'm the head trainer at a boutique gym called Jamie Scott Fitness. We have a location in Columbia and in Charlotte and hoping to expand. Wow. That's like 21 years. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. A lot of a lot of love and a lot of work, hey? Absolutely. And we kind of grew up together. Um, you know, I was 17 and he was 18. And um, having been together so long, you know, it's we know each other so well because we pretty much matured, grew up and faced a lot, have faced a lot together. But yeah, it's been a real gift. I think that singleness can be a gift and yeah. marriage can be a gift. And it's certainly yeah. how you perceive it yes a hundred percent yeah yeah a hundred percent so you you are a head coach at Jamie's Got Fitness have you always been into fitness physical activity has that something that's always been a part of your life it really has um my brother was always just he's, he's four years older than me and he was just a superstar athlete anything that he did he was good at just automatically that's not so much my story because honestly, I just, in my nature, I wasn't a very competitive person. Um, and so I had a lot of, I was pretty timid. I had some fears. And so I hesitated going all in and the things that I tried, but anything that I stuck to, eventually I became, you know, pretty good at. But, um, my story is that <clears throat> although I didn't get involved in athletics very early, I started my first um, fitness training when I was in third grade, which is, oh. <laughs> yeah. So literally I would come home after school every day and pop in my mom's VHS jazzercise tapes. So I started with that. And then I started to do like step aerobics through Reebok when that was a big thing. Yeah. So this is elementary school. Um, into middle school. Um, but then I finally found a sport that I liked and, um, I got into gymnastics and then, um, to, into cheerleading, competitive cheerleading. And then, um, in high school, um, in the community that I'm from, <clears throat> the, the cheerleading really has, uh, the competitive cheerleading has a history and a program and, um, had competed nationally before I had become a part of the program, but we became, you know, two time national champions. And so um, the work ethic and the competitiveness and the teamwork, all of that absolutely shaped my character and who I am today. And so I cheered um, in college as well. But after college was kind of like, what's next? You know, just because I'm yeah. not officially an athlete under, you know, a school doesn't yep. mean that I don't have to, that I don't have to be an athlete, but I, I have the opportunity to continue to be an athlete. And yeah. so, um, my first job in a gym was when I was 17 and, okay. um, I, I applied for a front desk position at world gym because I talked my mom into getting me a world gym membership. 
And so I'd already been at the gym, wanted to work there. Um, but shortly after I graduated from college, I got certified to teach group fitness. And so that was a part of my life for a number of years before I got certified to do personal training. And yeah, then I yeah. really um, continued to think about how I could be the type of trainer that helped people think more about how their bodies could perform and all the great things that their bodies could do versus only aesthetics. And through that, you know, character development. Yes. I know that the Lord used my experience as a child and as an athlete. Um, and even up to today, he has used that hard work to develop yeah. who I am. Yes. I see how powerful that is and just has become part of my, my training philosophy. Training So was it something within like um, your gymnastics and your cheer that made you want to get more into the group side first because you were already a part of the team before you, uh, before you decided, Hey, let's, let's dive deep one-on-one -on -one with someone. You know, I don't think I gave it that much thought in terms of like, which route am I going to take? I just know that I was already working at the a gym and had um, access to a gym and then um, saw that there was a great group fitness program going on. And I had already been doing, I don't know if you remember, Billy Blank's Tybo. Oh, yeah. Um, my brother for my birthday bought me the DVD series and man, I was crushing it at home. And so I thought I could teach kickboxing. So yeah. that was my first kind of like, I could get certified to do this. Let's go. And so I got certified to teach group fitness and then went into kickboxing. And then, you know how it is developing your, doing your CECs, you're, you get into all these different um, <laughs> types of exercise. And, you know, with that growth mindset. And so that's where it began was with kickboxing. That's, oh, I love kickboxing. I love kickboxing. I've only done a little bit when I was with a trainer, but I loved it. So I try and incorporate it as much as I can just to blow off some steam. Yeah, it's very <laughs> therapeutic, but it also really develops your body. Because yes. at the time I was, I was running and I was lifting weights, but I did not have any kind of cross training really, um, no multi-joint movements, um, no agility training. Um, you know, so with, with kickboxing, you're, um, going into all the different planes of motion and you are, um, you're hitting things. And that's, and that's always what I think about with working out is like channel that energy in yes. positive ways, take it and subdue it. And use it for yourself for good. And so yeah. kickboxing is a great way to do that. Yes, I'm always I'm always telling like my members that uh that I'm seeing in the gym, I can see when walking around, I can mm -hmm. see when someone's like in their head and I'm like, mm -hmm. whatever right now is in that head, I want you to put that energy into that lift, into that workout. Get that energy out. Instead of letting it stir up in your brain, push that energy out into this powerful, healthy way of releasing energy and I said and it will help clear that mind out it will allow you to go back to thinking of whatever you're thinking of right now but with a clear mind and not all confuddled because you're you're holding on to the entire day yeah yeah that is that is a, yes that's a great 
um, way to coach. If you can get people to use negative energy towards something positive, and that's something that I saw play out on the field when I was a strength conditioning coach, my focus was with the football team because I trained them all summer and then I traveled with them and warmed them up before the games and did halftime. And so the coach at the time, um, coach Bruce Lane, he was a great leader and had the kids very, very disciplined. And he gave me an opportunity as well as the other coaches to speak to them during the games at halftime before, after speaking to their lives. And, um, Anytime that something would go wrong on the field and they would come back and they would be mad at themselves, mad at the other players, just all emotional. You know, we had that opportunity to to kind of come to their sides and go, hey, look, use that, use that energy. You go back yeah. on that field and you use it for good in the next play. Yes. And, and that is a beautiful metaphor for life in that when you get hit hard, when you are upset, you have by God's grace, another opportunity to step right back in and learn from it and use it for good and channel that energy for good to move forward, to make yourself better. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Speaking of coaching, with being in like a competitive uh, cheerleading, two times champ, and now a coach yourself, what does the word coach mean to you? Well, I think, you know, a more shallow way of looking at a coach is someone who helps another person develop a skill. But, a, and that would be what coaching is. But what coaching should be is someone who cares enough about another person to develop them, not just in their skill, but in their character and in their lives to become better in every area. So, and that's what I see myself as. I use training as a platform and Lord willing, I have built a rapport and a relationship with my clients or with my athletes so that I can speak into their lives and encourage them in all areas and help them develop and grow. Yes, I like, that you, <laughs> I like that you said like what the world kind of sees the coach as, right? Just the, the shallow end of it. And I love that you got deeper because, yeah, I believe that any professional athlete, any high-end athlete, high-end performer, or anybody that has even, even not even, just any human being that has been in a group setting that has had a coach, when they have truly made an impact on their life, it has gone way beyond just the skills that they have taught in whatever sport that they're in. They talk so high, high about this person because of the depth that they got into their own hearts, not just the, he told me how to stick handle properly. He mm -hmm. was there and yelled at me in my ear every time I wasn't doing things right. No, he was the person sitting there patting me on the back, allowing me to ball my eyes out while I need to release energy. Like that is a coach. Mm -hmm. A coach is saying, Hey, let me, let me take what you need. Let me help you develop it. And let me make you the best well-rounded person. Because when that happens, your performance in what I'm asking you for, is just naturally going to come. Right. Easy. And that perspective of I'm here coaching for you. I'm not here exactly. for me. Yeah, other things I could do. 
I'm yeah. here because I care about you. And yeah. so I don't need a certain response to um, validate me. I want respect. It is good for you. It's good yeah. for you, the athlete or the individual to respect your coach. Yeah. But I don't need it in order to know who I am and what I'm there for. Yeah. And so, so that's, um, that's one of the joys of, of coaching. <laughs> um, have you had within your, your years, uh, of being coached and, and having coaches still throughout your life? Have you any, have you had any coaches that have really helped you, uh, developed your character? And can you explain some of the lessons that they have helped you go through? Um, I think, you know, my mom has been an incredible influence in my life from early on. Um, she is highly relational and just has that, that perspective and that stance, that position of, I love you unconditionally. I support you. I'm for you and your development and your growth. And so, um, and she's really who the person who shared her faith with me that, that enabled me to become a person of faith. And so that's foundational for me. But then in high school, um, coach craze, Joellen craze, uh, she was a Spanish teacher, but she was also our cheerleading coach. And that's what she lived for. And she is and was very tough. And she taught us about the value of discipline and consistency, obviously teamwork and how there are consequences when you bring your personal um, negativity to the team, um, how that affects everyone else. Um, And really just the power of showing up. Um, And that's what I'm trying to teach my kids is there are so many opportunities for you if you just show up to the thing. Yeah. Um, and I've got great stories of things that I've just, I've been, I've had to coach myself up to actually show up to the event or the opportunity, not really sure what to expect. And then the doors fly open for me yeah. just because I showed up. Um, so that's another big thing. And then the other thing is um, because we would practice all year, hours upon hours every week to compete for an event that gave us two minutes and 30 seconds under the bright lights. And that was it. Two minutes and 30 seconds. Your entire year culminates and leads up to this time. Yeah. And I will never forget the feeling of being with my team and walking, being about to walk out on that hot because of those ESPN lights. Um, you know, floor behind the curtains. There we are. We're about to walk out and here it is. And, um, thinking about how that entire, all of that time, all of that practice would lead up to that event, you know, can create a lot of fear. Yeah. What if I screw up? What if I do something because with stunting and tumbling and the synchronization, everything, everything has to be flawless. Yeah. And so, I think it helped me so much with the mindset of all of life is preparing for those moments when you're about to walk out and the spotlight is on you. And if you've done everything you can to prepare, you've put in the hard work, you've disciplined yourself, you have everything you need 
at that moment to walk out and shine and, and execute and do it with joy and celebrate afterwards. And so I think more than anything, that is a life philosophy is behind the scenes when no one is looking, I'm going to discipline myself and do the things that I know I need to be my best so that when I do have opportunities, all I'm going to do is walk out there and be who I've already become. Yes. I built this into myself and I'm going to walk out and I'm just going to be who I've become because the process has made me. And so there shouldn't be fear. But I think John Gordon talks about this a lot. When you, when you go to perform, when you go to work, when you have opportunities and the spotlights on you, embrace the joy of that moment. Do not allow fear to overcome you and walk in that joy. See it as a gift. See it as a privilege. And that is what's going to help you actually perform your service and your duty because ultimately it's not about us anyway. It is about being a force for good. And what I would say is glorifying God with our lives by being like a tiny little mirror that he shines down and we reflect that light to the world. Yeah. And that is my goal in life. I just want to be a reflection of his beauty and his goodness that inspires people that they can be like that as well. And that they were made for that, that they were meant for that. And that's good news. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And, and I, I like that. Like you said, like the preparation, the, the behind the scenes is really, is really the, the main component of it all that, that two minutes and 30 seconds or that five minutes or that run that is just the byproduct of all of that hard work you put in. And I believe that even if we get to it and we've done all the preparation, we've been self-disciplined and somehow the outcome mm-hmm. does not turn out the way that we as a human desire it to be. Yes. I believe that that is God saying you are teaching someone else a lesson to be self-disciplined behind the scenes and to still show up. Right. To still show up. And get back in that next play is yes. your opportunity. Get back to in. To channel that it. disappointment. Right. And then you get up and you dust yourself off and you, you go back and you get in that yeah. play. And you get your, get your mind right. Get your yeah. mind right. And you get in there. And you do it. And so that is, that is, and seeing these, um, seeing these opportunities as gifts mm-hmm. and seeing that all things can work together. All life experiences can work together for our good. Yes. It's not always easy to think of it that way. No. Much of the time, the disappointment and the brokenness that we see in ourselves and we see in the world can feel overwhelming. Yeah. There is hope because when we line up our emotions with truth, we get our minds right yes. and we can get back in, compose ourselves and get back in the game. Yes. And okay, I love that point that you made. It's not always, you're not going to always execute it perfectly. Yeah. But when your identity is grounded and you know who you are and what your purpose is, whether you win or lose in that particular circumstance, yep. you're good. Your yep. feet are on a solid rock. 
Yes. In the solid rock. And so because I know that I am fully known and yet amazingly fully loved by God, I have the courage to go out there and screw up, Yeah, you know, because it doesn't define me. Yeah. It doesn't define me. And that's, that's another thing that I just, I want for other people because man, that just, um, is a conduit for courage. You have to believe that in order to have the courage to, to step forward. Yes. To the unknown. God's got yep. you. So, yeah. And I, and I, what I always like, I like to say, and I like to, I like to do, and it's not easy as when something doesn't go my way as mm-hmm. a human, I always go, okay, God, <laughs> I know you're laughing up at me up there. <laughs> what am I, <laughs> what direction are you wanting me to go? Obviously that's mm-hmm. not it, or I need to revise it or I need to work a little bit more on it. Just give me a sign. Just give me a sign right. of what I need to do next within my next preparation to get me more prepared. So when I go do it again or when I go show up again for whatever it is that I just showed up for and it didn't work out, I am now more prepared, but not more prepared in my way, more prepared in your way of mm-hmm. showing me up to right. what I need. Right. So I showed up in the way that I thought I needed to show up. Well, I want you to show me how I need to show up for you in that circumstance because that's when I know it's really going to unfold for me right I love that and that's that is the humility I believe that is necessary to grow to really have a growth mindset because you have to come to terms with the fact that you're not perfect yes you are a work in progress and that um back to identity because your identity is secure and you know who you are and who God is, and he is at work in you, you just get to go along in the journey and and tap into the whispers, go back to the lab again, so to speak, yep. and re-examine. And, you know, we have to examine ourselves, not be afraid to be alone, to be in prayer, yes. to, to read scripture and to reflect on truth. Because even though truth can be really hard, it is beautiful. Yeah. And um, living out that truth is such a gift. And so humility calls us to always reexamine ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's how we can have a growth mindset. Yes. Think you've already arrived, then you are stuck. Yeah. We are all in process. Yes, yes. And, and like we're, we're both connected to Ira Davis and we both do his Monday morning power calls. And I loved his, his one saying where, you know, there's keep your eye on your God sized dream and allow God to work through you, through his purpose, through you. But God cannot do the human work. So that is where you need to really come in. And that's where the understanding of you're not perfect. You're going to trial and error. And that's where God's saying, I want you to be free. I want you to love you for you because I know you. And this is where I want you to develop your character, your skills, your stuff, because that's, I already know you, girl. I already know you, boy. Mm-hmm. I already know you. But now I want you to get to know you through this process of your purpose. And that's by doing the work continuously. 
And yeah, then I'll I, give you, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start you by giving you the dream and I'll land you, but you got to mm-hmm. do the middle stuff. Right. Right. He's uh, given us hands and feet and he has given us unique gifts and passions and interests. And I love the idea, um, the, the truth that's taught in the book of Acts. And um, it's basically Paul talking to the people of Athens. And he says, don't you see that you were placed in this point in history, in this location for a reason? And I love the idea of God's sovereignty. Like your life is not a mistake. The time period you were born in, the geography I gave you is not a mistake. Nothing about your life is a mistake. And so when you know, you can say, ah, I do have purpose. And then you set out on that exploration of like, what is my purpose? And then I have a big picture purpose. Like my purpose is, you know, this sounds all, you know, um, like deep theology, but it's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But the two components are, I want to know him and reflect him like a mirror. And that's glorifying him. If I can show the world the beauty and the grandeur and the love of God. And then if I can have joy in that process, that is my life's purpose. Because that's what we were created for, for joy. Yeah. And so, um, that part, so much of that is learning to love the process and not thinking yeah. about, I have to accomplish this big, gigantic, God-sized dream task because you may or you may not, but it's the journey, right? It's embracing the process and the journey. And then you have sometimes, like you're talking about, you have to go back to the lab. Maybe that's not the direction I was supposed to go in or the exact direction. And so for me, although I know my purpose and I know my identity, um, in terms of exactly one big thing that God has called me to do. That is so much of the time open-handed. I ask him to lead me and then I get some direction and then I try to be faithful one day at a time. Yes. Right. And then he may say, "Mm, go to the right, go to the left. Or he may say, all right, girl, you're right. You're right where you need to be. Just keep moving forward. Keep pushing through that adversity and that difficulty. Um, But we got to tap into the whispers and we we can't go, this is, this is my God sized dream. God might say, you know, I love that you're after it, but maybe this is your dream. Yes. Maybe it's not the dream I gave you. And that's the reality of growing up and hitting obstacles. Sometimes, sometimes it's because he's redirecting us. And sometimes you just need to barrel through and push through those obstacles. So it takes a great deal of wisdom and discernment to know that. And that's tough. And I I also like to think sometimes to relieve pressure off of, off of me is if I, if, if this is a God-sized dream that I am, I am living through and it's, and it's my purpose to live through it, then to me, there is no deadline. It is Mm -hmm. when I die. That is when I move to heaven, that is when my God-sized dreams purpose is fully fulfilled. Mm -hmm. The smaller achievements that I get within that due to other things, due to the path that he leads me through, those are just bonuses. 
And to me, that allows me not to feel so like, oh, my God, I have to have it done by this time. Oh, my God, if I don't have it done by 35, I'm off the wrong path. Oh, my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Right. No, God needs God's going to work through me my whole entire life. He's like, cool, you've done it. Awesome. Bye. Next person. No, you're going to be okay, cool. You've done it. Now let's let's amplify it. Let's get it out there to the world more. Yeah. So to me, it's like even when you do think you have achieved it, you're just beginning. Now God's going, all right, cool. Let's amplify mm-hmm. that bad boy. Let's make more impact. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so and, and that's you know, when he, the work is really just beginning. Yeah. And I, I feel like what he's taught me over the years is he is more interested he is the ultimate coach. He is more interested in developing my character, who I am, than me accomplishing some great thing for him. Yeah. Right? Yep. If I get to accomplish some great thing for him that people applaud, yep. that they're impressed with, hopefully they're moved to, to be better people and to love him more. But yes. if I get to do that, it's just a gift. Yeah. My talents, my energy, everything I have is a gift. Yeah. He can use it how he wants to. But my job is to be faithful, to trust yeah. him, to get the reps in, to do the reps. Yep. Do, you know, um, the input goals, you know, mm-hmm. I have to be disciplined. The output, that's up to him. He gets to choose the results. Yes. But it's great and so helpful and can be very effective to have that dream, to ride it out, to plan toward it, but we just can't grip it so yeah. much. If God wanted to take it, we'd say no, because it's a yeah. God-sized dream. It's his dream for us, yeah. not our dream for ourselves, right? Yes, yes, yes. Hard. That can be hard. It's very, it can be very difficult, especially because, well, we're human and we don't have that, <laughs> we don't have that, that freeingness of knowing that it's going to be all okay sometimes like right. God does. <laughs> we, right. we get that anxious and that, that paranoia that, that God has placed in us as well for us to work through, to mm-hmm. have a deeper understanding of all those good feelings that we feel. He's given us the opposite feelings to feel as well and to navigate through so that when we are in the midst of all the good, we're really being able to fully embrace it because we know what the other side feels like and we honor it just as much as all of the stuff that we we always want within our life. Yeah. And it, yeah, our emotions are a gift and they're they're a gauge for us to understand ourselves and what's going on inside, but they're not a guide. So what we always have told our children is that we want to be led by the truth train. On the train, the truth is driving the train. And the emotions, the feelings, they're more like the caboose. Because even though we can't make ourselves feel a certain way, we can fight to believe the truth and then ask the Lord to help our emotions align with that. And I know for me personally, that's what empowers me to be consi- a consistent person because I don't yep. always feel like the disciplined things. I don't. But I, in humility, I know my need. I know that I need to be in the gym. I know that I need community. I know I need other people in my life, even though I don't, might not feel like working at relationships. I yeah. know that I need, um, I know that I need church. I know yep. that I need to spend time in prayer and in the word, um, not because I am better than anybody else, but because I am the worst. Like 
And that's not a condemning thing. It's I understand who I am and I know my need and I want to be used by God. So I'm going to do the reps. I'm going to put in the reps so that I can be in a position to have a life worth telling a story about. Yes. Yes. So with your coaches, with God, let's let's talk about mentors and influences that you have had in your life here down on earth and and what are some of the greatest influences or people that have been the greatest influence in your life and have you had mentors and do you still have mentors and how do you use them yeah um that's a great question so yes so like i mentioned my mom and we still have a great relationship um but also um i have had i don't think mom's in there pumping weights (laughs) <laughs> she actually is and my and my dad as well um amazing. they're amazing they're amazing oh, my awesome. older brother just just you know my and my brother my dad played football in college my brother played football in college and my mom didn't but she um has always been an influence for good in that direction do, but, do you um, give them programs or do they just kind of do their own thing they do their thing they've yeah. been doing their thing for years and it's been successful so they just keep doing their thing Um, but no. So in addition to my family, uh, I've had a lot of women invest in me personally in my character development, but in terms of training and coaching for me, I had to come to terms with the fact that I, I am responsible for ultimately for my own development. And I know that I need people ahead of me to speak into my life and they might not speak, they may not speak directly into my life. So therefore, I have to go after that training. So, of course, Todd Durkin is someone who has been really impactful in my life. Um, I met him, goodness, for maybe 14 years ago at a fitness conference. And um, it was like things just began to click and line up in terms of what I was doing with training, what I wanted to do with training, and that whole idea of just because you're not officially an athlete under a school or in some program doesn't mean that you can't always be like, be an athlete, train like an athlete. Um, and so, man, I I just bought all his DVDs. I put one in the, the, um, I still have a DVD player, put one in the other day, um, with Anna on it. Um, man, it was so grainy and old. It looked like it was from the eighties. And I thought, (laughs) Oh my gosh, has it been that long? But anyway, I learned all of those skills and drills and then immediately, really providentially was able to take it and use it. And so it just became ingrained in my head and some doors opened up for me. So um, I have stayed in touch with, um, you know, Fitness Quest 10 and Todd Durkin off and on for the most part, but really most recently in this past year and over the pandemic got back in touch with Todd and all the resources. And that's one thing I'm just really, really thankful for. It's like, he is a mentor, he's a coach, but then he also has all of these mentors and coaches that surround him. They're all about serving other people, inspiring other people, equipping other people. And so, um, you know, that has been really, really helpful to me. I also connected with um, a group in Tennessee and that's, that's where I'm from. But uh, there is uh, a facility called D1 Sports Training Facility, and um, it was started by a, a guy named Will Bartholomew and Peyton Manning. 
Um, and they developed this facility and this business model. And so I got connected with them and went up to D1 and trained a ton and learned everything. I mean, I had a ton of great experiences. And so the experiences that I had through knowing Todd and learning all of those things, plus experiences I had at D1 and with Peyton Manning, and I got to work, you know, like Eric Berry's defensive skills camp. And it was just one of those things where I like, I just kept showing up and they just kept yeah. letting me. But then I got to come home to South Carolina and say, hey, I just worked Eric Berry's defensive skills camp. Would you like me to work with your team? You know, and so those types of things, working and understanding um, and being trained by Todd, those things opened up doors for me that would not be have been opened otherwise. So um, all that to say, he is one. Um, but also, I have found that I, I have to reach out to a lot of different sources to stay inspired and encouraged and on track. But he is he is one of many and really through through his network. Yep. I think you as well. I have been extremely blessed having, having conversations with Ira Davis yes. and Kelly Watson and Frank and coach, um, Leslie, these people just are pouring into you in 30 minutes in an hour, yep. wanting to know about your life, wanting to encourage you to move forward. And yes. I'm very, very thankful for that. And I know that I need it. Yeah. Todd, Todd is like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like some of my guests have been due to just his connection like I had Jeff on there I've had Ira Davis I have now you like there's a lot of people that he just brings to light and I'm just like I just I love them and the thing with Todd is like he's never like no they're not people Like, he's, like, every podcast that I've had that he's had, like, people on his podcast or whatever, he's just cheering me on. Like, he's just, yeah, get it, girl. Like, there's no, like, well, that's mine. Or he was on my, like, there's no, like, he's just so selfish. He just wants you to have whatever he can give you because he knows it's from God right. what he's giving others. So he just wants to give it. If it, if right. if it's mine, it's meant for you to have as well. Like, yeah, and he just he wants to share. Yeah, absolutely. It's Todd and Squad because yeah. <laughs> I mean I've gotten to know so many people like you through his network of people. I've yeah. had conversations with people like Gino Mingo and yeah. even John Gordon. Conversations with John Gordon because of my connection with Todd. So. You know, I, the Lord has really used those connections in my life. I'm just so, so grateful. So yeah. grateful. But, but um, back to after I met Todd and after I got certified to be like a speed agility uh, quickness coach, I really wasn't sure how I was going to go from being um, a personal trainer who trains clients yeah. on my own in my own little facility to um, a legitimate coach and be respected, especially in um the more male dominated sports. Yes. Providentially, I was working at the time for a gymnastics and dance company. And I had just been praying for the Lord to open a door for me to get into it. And I was a gymnastics coach and a local coach called the dance gymnastics facility and said, Hey, I've got these big linemen and they have just terrible footwork. And I heard that, you know, if you get a dance instructor to come and work with your lineman, they could really make some improvement. 
And so um, she said, you know, I don't have a dance instructor I can send out to your school, but I do have a speed agility quickness coach and she uses music to help with footwork. You want me to send her? Send her on. And so that was the first open door. And this group, this high school, it's kind of like there. It's a great school, but if you get to pri- the privilege to work with these athletes and these kids, you pretty much have built a reputation. Like, oh, she's tough. <laughs> she can <laughs> handle that that team and lead that team. That's legit. And so, yeah. newspaper articles were written about this experience of me coming out there and training them, and. Um, then I got, you know, other people calling and asking if I could come train their athletes. And all of a sudden I'm being called to go to schools. Schools are paying me to come, even when they have strength and conditioning coach coaches to come and, and do speed development type things with their athletes. And um, then eventually, um, because a football coach uh, in the spring season resigned and took a job within a week at another school right before spring practice, I was training someone whose child went to that school. And when the coach left, my client said, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I know a lady who could come in and teach the strength and conditioning classes and lead the football team until you make a head coach hire. And so that's when I got the call and the interview. And so I literally come in to this school setting with an all-male strength class. and introduce myself and try to build something here. And then I was able to lead the team through not, you know, not spring practice running, you know, doing X's and O's, but doing um, just strength and conditioning to get them ready and kind of hold the team until the coach got there from Texas. And um, so I was able to do that. And then once the coach got there, he wanted to keep me on staff. And so that's what led to my actual position as a strength and conditioning coach at that school for four and a half, five years, which was really an incredible experience that I have so many great stories from. And, and um, you know, we won a state championship and hadn't done that in 10 years. And it was just really, really great to be a part of that program. Oh, and I just felt so fortunate that the coach would trust me that much to let me lead. Yes. Oh, that is so fun. That is so fun. I love, I lo- I'm, I- I love working with adults, but I, I, um, like teens, kids, young ones, I, I really love because I find that like they're really at that perfect stage of really being able to be with them at where they are and help them develop mm-hmm. who they're trying to become and who are they wanting to present and who are they wanting to show up as daily, where with an adult it's like they've already got so many programs already in their head due to living and circumstances and the world telling them certain things so it's just like it's like a free roadmap when you're working with yeah. kids because it's like right. yeah their, their worldview their ideas even who they understand themselves to be it's still just a big question mark they don't know yeah. they don't know even if they think they know it's just not been grounded Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's so much opportunity to develop kids, even even when they put their guards up, even when they're the tough kid that doesn't act like they're listening to anything you say. Um, You you know, you're if you get to find out later the impact that you've had on their lives it is absolutely so rewarding 
Yeah. Um, so that, that was a very sweet time period for me, but, um, I left when we, we did move to Columbia. And so I've been training out here at this gym for about two years now. And, you know, I have an opportunity to work with athletes occasionally, but I don't work, um, at the school I used to work at. Yes. Um, so within, within the fitness industry, we're both in it. There are a lot of changes always happening. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of rights and lefts and there's a, can be a lot of struggle getting yourself named, getting yourself respected, getting yourself into a gym. Do I own a gym? Do I do my own thing? Do I go work with someone else? What are some of the, struggles that you've had to overcome and can you share how you did so? Sure. Well, um, I think most recently with the pandemic, the challenge obviously has been trying to stay afloat, trying to maintain the business, which ultimately, you know, Jamie Scott is who I work for. He's incredible. He's solid. He's planned well. He's a great businessman. The concern really has been the, and what I'm responsible for is more of the programming. Okay. That we're offering, what we're offering on Zoom, what we're offering brick and mortar classes. Are we complying with the government's guidelines for our specific gym? Mm -hmm. How do we reach people? How do we calm their fears about coming into the gym? How do we calm their fears about using this new technology? And that's in addition to we've had a lot of turnover in staff. So we've had a lot of trainers that have either decided to move on and uh, amazingly try to start their own businesses. Yep. A lot of them are very young and I don't know if they understand what's ahead of them because it is a call. Um, And then there's been some, even some integrity issues with financial things with some of our trainers. And I, 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 I would like to think that that's only because of the difficult times that we're living in, but because yeah. of things we've had turnover. And so we're trying to make new hires and that kind of thing. Um, my unique challenge in my position has been those kind of three things, the, the class programming, maintaining, finding, maintaining good trainers, quality trainers. Um, and then um, just basically because of all those trainers who have switched out, that com- comes upon me and I am training a lot of people right now and trying to manage and balance my life while keeping the gym, keeping these clients coming back. Yeah. And a huge challenge. Um, but I think what I've learned through this, been reminded of is that even though I am in my forties, I learned to type on a typewriter. If that tells you kind of generationally what my challenges are. Yeah. But, I've had to learn new technology, get outside of my comfort zone to learn new things that I haven't necessarily wanted to learn, but I really have needed to. Um, And then um, I have had to be willing to be really flexible with my schedule (laughs) and be that person that is in the foxhole with the gym owner that says, I'm here with you. And I'm fighting for this place because this place is a lighthouse in our community. Yes. I just can't believe that people need what we do and that God is with us. And so that's what we have just been 
holding on to and trying to move forward and trying to adapt. And, you know, that's been the most recent challenge. Yes. Yeah. We've, uh, the gym that I, that I work for, Fit Club Bootcamps, we, we've gone through experiences just like that with, um, trainers leaving, doing their own thing. Um, just the whole, like, programming, how do we get enough clients in here where it's safe, following the protocols that are needed. We're not, draining our trainers by having too many classes but having enough classes that we can fit enough members in so that the members aren't feeling like oh I'm always on a waiting list or there's not enough classes that the classes don't work time for me like there was a lot of adjustment for sure that that COVID has made us um come to to realize and uh like the gym that I'm working at we're expanding right now and it's 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 crazy to think right in a time like this, but um, it's a matter of, you know, facing that fear and, and stepping out of that comfort zone. And for the owner of the gym, um, it was a matter of we had to do it now or there could have been a possibility that the owner of the building rented the space out for someone else. And that would have been another five years Um waiting to expand so it was like a matter of okay we are we going to do it are we going to leap are we going to dive into this are we going to do it and 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 how can I hold on to the trainers that I have so that when I do dive I know that there's a team of us diving and and we're going to still make impact and he's got triplets so like three And they just turned three, like this weekend they turned three. So like he's home and he's running around. So there was a lot of, of a lot of coming together, a lot of falling apart <laughs> throughout, throughout this time. Um, as a coach and, and especially during this time, um, you really make sure that you go beyond just the, the fitness aspect. Yes, moving your body is excellent. It's great for you. We need to do that. Um, but how does helping your clients and your members come to understand their emotions and the feelings and, and owning them? How does that have an impact within their overall success? I think part of that character development comes when you, regardless of what's going on in your life, you just keep showing up. And I know that's kind of been the theme of our talk, but what um, is most important, and there are exceptions, but is that even if you've had a bad day, even if you feel like you're bearing the weight of the world on your shoulders, it is actually going to help you when you come in and you train and you work and you sweat and those endorphins kick in and you are going to leave here feeling better by just being faithful to show up because you know, that's what you need. That's what you need. Like I said, there are exceptions, but um, no matter what's going on in your life, if you can keep some of those foundational practices it's so much easier to hold everything else together as well. And so that's part of it. Um, 
I think part of it also as a trainer and then kind of the coaching aspect in a group fitness setting is um, we pride ourselves in our gym in creating an experience for people when they walk in the door and when they take a class. Yes. um, We want them to feel like they're being welcomed into like a house party. Like this is my house and the music's going and I'm glad to see you and you're going to come in here and you're going to sweat and you're going to push yourself. um, You're going to spend every single minute that you're here is going to be worth your time. And I think that is a great, great value. Um, respecting your client, respecting your client's time. Yes. That from the time they walk in to the time you end your session, you are focused, you are zoomed into them, and you are saying what they need to have said to them because you're focused. Yeah. <laughs> and not just like, you know, make sure your knees aren't going over your toes, but like, when is the appropriate time in our workout yep. to ask you that question? Yeah. Right? And so I think a lot of that, and that's hard when you're a younger trainer or when you're not necessarily um, intuitive, relationally yep. intuitive, yep. Uh, to know what's appropriate to talk about, when it's appropriate to talk about it. But um, I definitely want not only to create that experience, respect their time, show a vast amount of respect for them as a human being, but then always leave an open door for a deeper discussion when and if it's appropriate. So I want them to know that I care about them. And as much as they want to share with me about their lives, I'm willing to hear versus um, asking probing questions at inappropriate times. Yeah. But just leaving that door open for further appropriate communication, relationship building, encouragement, and hopefully uh, further development. Yes. I like the, you, there's a couple of times that you said in this, in this interview that what I need. So for you, you said, I know I need to be at the gym. And then you said you need to show up for the things that you need. How does someone, because a lot of the times we don't know what we need. So how can somebody have an understanding of what it is maybe that they need in life? So for you, you know, being at the gym, working your body is something that you need. So even on the times where you really don't want to do it, you have that greater, that greater uh, why within you, knowing that that's just something that you need. And, and if you just go do it, you know that the outcome, the byproduct is going to be what you desire. It's going to be more happy, more healthy. You're going to be a better mom, better wife that day, better coach. If you know those things, how can somebody get an understanding of what they need? Because for some people, they've gotten told all their life what they need. That's a great question. Um, I, I know that it is difficult for people to be in touch with themselves. Yeah. Really even acknowledge what they're feeling. Yep. Know what they're thinking to understand that inner dialogue that's going on. Because one reason is because we're complex. 
yes, creatures. <laughs> but also, yeah. if we are constantly taking in stimulus, a stimuli, then we are always being given information from our phones and all the yeah. other sources. We don't have, we don't make time to be alone and to get quiet and to get still. I think that we avoid it because of fear of what we'll yeah. discover. But there is so much value in being reflective. Um, the unexamined life is not worth living. I think Socrates said that. So I think people first need to see that they are worth evaluating. They are worth examining. Yes. Your life matters. You are important. You're worth developing. You're worth knowing. Know yourself. Yes. Care enough about yourself to know yourself. And that, that is foundational. Because you can't adopt a growth mindset if you don't believe that you're worth working on. Right? Yeah. I think it, it does when you're interacting with people, when you respect them and you show them that they're worth your time and you make them feel valuable, that is helping them to see that themselves. And I've had people in my life who have needed help, whether it's addiction or other areas of their life that they're struggling in, it's like they don't even get that they're worth joining AA, that they're worth going to the doctor to see about that problem, that they're worth spending the money on getting the membership to the gym so that they can go and develop themselves. People need to see that they're worth it. And then from there, tuning in, and then from there, being hungry enough to see I, I have need. So there's respect, humility that creates hunger for need, for improvement, for development. And then looking around and seeing how people that you know and respect are getting their needs met. How did you develop yourself? How come you are this type of person? I want to be more like that. And then you see the things that they built into their lives and you see that, Hey, that might benefit me. Right. And so then you start actually putting those things into practice and you have accountability in your life to see people hopefully like, Hey, I see you started this. This is great. This is going to benefit you so much. How are you doing with that? How are you making that habit in your life, a foundational habit? And then um, after that, you're, you're respecting the reps, you're getting those reps And then you're seeing how it makes a difference in your life. And then as far as, you know, something as simple as working out, go, you know, if you've been working out for the past three years, five days a week, and you stop for a couple of weeks, oh, you know, you need to get back in that gym. Oh, yeah. Right? So sometimes it requires a fall, getting off track to realize how much you actually need that in your life, how foundational it is. So I think that there's a number of things. There's there's so many things that we could talk about. But I think, like, just going back to that, that you have to see that you're worth it. You're worth examining. You're yeah, worth just, developing. That's foundational. Then you have to be willing to be quiet and know yourself and listen to yourself. And then you have to look beyond yourself in humility to see that you need other people and to see what those other people have in their lives that make them the people that they are that you admire and respect. And then go after those things 
adopt those things in your life and you're not perfect, you're going to get off track. Yep. You get off track. Don't condemn yourself or hate yourself, but just say, because I need this, maybe I don't feel like it, but I'm building this back into my life because I know I need it. So not only do I have this idea that I need it, but I feel that I need it because I've experienced it and I know that change is real. And then I'm always reminded. And like we talked about earlier in the podcast, that becomes who you are. Yes. Exercise. I hope that I can exercise until I'm 99 to the day I yeah. die or whatever that is. But because I, I enjoy it and I see it as a gift and I know that it makes me a better person. Um, and, and it's kind of part of who I am in my DNA. However, I may reach a point where I cannot, and there will be other things that I can build into my life, um, that will help me get through. Yes. But as long as I have these resources available to me and they are a gift, I'm going to use them. Yep. Um, as like as a fellow coach and, and one of the main reasons and seriously just for exactly what you just said, um, and why I wanted you get get you on my podcast is because everything that I I see you do, everything that you say, everything that I feel of yours is always very wholehearted. And I wanna know to you, what does that mean? I think that it means a belief inside of you that is so rock solid that out of that belief, that truth, everything else flows. And when it becomes that belief, that truth becomes part of you, you put it into practice, it is who you are. And so... Finding that truth is foundational it, to being wholehearted. Yes. And then everything in your life is flows from that and is built around it. It affects the type of parent that I am, the kind of wife that I am, the kind of coach, daughter, and friend. It encompasses all of that. And it's that foundational belief that I am fully known by God and fully loved, so much so that he sent his son to rescue me. Yes. And out of that, I have so many gifts and although obligation sounds like a negative word, it is actually a positive word to me because I feel obligated out of love, out of joy to share the gifts that I've been given. And so I, everything flows through that. My mistakes they're going to happen. I am broken. I'm a broken woman who is in need of a savior. But luckily, because my identity doesn't change, I am not rejected. I am held closely to his heart. Yes. I'm free to make mistakes and be quick to acknowledge them and be quick to ask for forgiveness. And I don't expect more from people um, in a negative way because Like, I don't expect other people to meet my needs in a way that puts me in a position to be a taker Yep. um, because my needs are met. And so I can flow, I can serve and love people 
out of an abundance of what God has given me. And that's a really great place to be. And I I think, and I don't want to confuse anybody. I mean, primarily emotionally, my needs are emotionally met primarily through the Lord. Yes. Yes. I need my husband. Yeah. Yes. I want the respect and love of my children, but I don't need anyone's affirmation. I don't need anyone to give me identity because it's been met in him. Yeah. That is foundational to being wholehearted, knowing who you are, living out of who you are, and then trying to to really incorporate that into everything you do so that your big vision for life and your your really your worldview flo- your your life flows out of that worldview. Well, and it definitely it definitely does um because every like I said, everything that I I see of yours or I hear of you speaking or even just throughout this podcast it really does. It really does flow very wholeheartedly. And I like how you said, like, uh, through him, I'm I'm emotionally met. So, yeah, when my kids are disrespecting you, which happened because they're <laughs> kids and I'm mom, I know that that's just a blimp in the relationship that me and my kids have right now. It's a work in progress. It's something that we can work on. It's something that can connect us, even though it's something that's like, Oh my God, he didn't respect me. It's still something that can connect me and my, my kids. I can, it can connect us. How can I teach him how to be more respectful so that maybe when it's not me, but it's another adult, he doesn't approach right. that way, you right. know, or she doesn't approach that. Like it's still a way of connecting. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's just like you, it's just a blimp in the the relationship of you guys, and it's not like I'm gonna I have to carry that whole disrespect the entire week. It's just nope. I take it in. Okay, I didn't really like that. You let him know, them know, they right. now know right. that that right. So now they know the boundaries. Okay, well, mom didn't really like that. Let's see how we can change this. Right, because, and it's for their you know, sake. You know, yeah. it's not for you to disrespect me for you. Doesn't yeah. change how I feel about myself. Yep. It's just not appropriate. And because I love you, I'm going to discipline you or however I need to help you get back on track and to yeah. understand the nature of our relationship yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the respect that you need to give to other people in general. So all of those life experiences are when you truly adopt the mentality of a, of a servant You are in relationships for the benefit of that person that you're in the relationship with. Now, do you want to receive all of the good things and all of the benefits, the reciprocal benefits that come? Yes, of course. Yep. That doesn't damage or destroy the relationship. And you are free to continue to love that person when they don't meet your expectations. Yes. Because honestly... You still want to show up. Yeah, yes, absolutely. You're still showing up, still getting the reps. And it empowers you to unconditionally love that person. And you see how, you know, because you you see how you see how you make mistakes. Yep. And you yep. we're all broken. And so your expectations for people is like, you know, I might be disappointed that this happened, but I'm not shocked because I know yep. human nature and we're all a work in progress. So let me be what you need to help you get on track. Yes. 
And and why why am I disappointed? Is it because you haven't hit my expectation as a human? Because to to you, you might not have that expectation. So it's like someone's other expectations and your expectations might be so off that that's why you're feeling disrespected. And it's that that communication, that wanting to connect, that wanting to not just shun it off or push it off that is going to allow those that growth within your relationship to keep growing and for you to keep showing up because it's like okay well we were on completely different pages there well that no wonder I feel disrespected right right? let's see how we can get ourselves on the same page here when it comes to this scenario when it comes to this life event because if especially husband and wife, kids and stuff, you have to be on the same page. You have to be in the same book of how you're how you're moving and living throughout life. And and yeah, it's so very important just to to understand that it's just it's just a part of any relationship. Right. And if you really want to love unconditionally, being able to not take it always to the heart and just allowing it to just be as it is is going to get you to the next step in any relationship. Yeah, that yeah. So I think I do think that there is a connection between back to identity. Um you're not allowing yourself to be easily offended because it doesn't affect your identity. And then as Christ's example, he relentlessly pursues people in relationship, knowing that they're broken for their good. And so I think a lot of us want to avoid conflict or avoid confrontation or calling out and being willing to say the hard things in our relationships yep. because we fear rejection. Um, and so we just leave it there and think that if I ignore the issue, it will go away. And yet it really does create more and more of a wedge between an, a true intimate friendship or whatever relationship that is and we're all just kind of oh well content with that and don't fight for closeness and intimacy in relationships because we fear being rejected yeah say that thing that your your friend desperately needs to hear because you fear rejection but yet now it's you're still you're you're far from being close Mm -hmm. because you haven't fought for 100% honesty. Yeah. Or, or we start, we start resenting someone else for something that they have no idea that they're yeah, doing exactly. because we haven't explained to them or for them not showing up in a way that you feel that you would like them to. So husband, sometimes it's just like, why are you mad at me? Well, if you don't know, then you don't know. And it's just like, well, no, I can't change if you don't tell, like, if I don't know why you're mad at me, then I don't know how to change it, right? So it's like, or if I don't know that that's what you're asking of me to help provide for you, then I don't know that that's what you want me to help do or help provide. Like I, and we do that because it's like, okay, well, if I don't, if I don't say it and I just kind of leave little hints, (laughs) hints, hopefully they'll pick it up. But if they don't, then I'm going to get mad because I just didn't, express my truth in what I'm asking of this person asking of this person in hopes that they're going to want to return it yeah 
Yeah, I like, think I'm just going to expect it to just be picked up through these little hints. Right. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to get upset. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. But but fear, I think fear and lack of love in our in our own lives um, creates wedges in our relationships where they can be much more rich. And iron sharpening iron can happen yeah. in the presence of mutual respect and honesty and love, unconditional love. is that unconditional love um so yeah i think i think in terms of just being wholehearted loving people well being in relationships to benefit that other person and not just looking out for what you can get out of the relationship is a game changer yes yes so with with all that you do, you've you've shared your purpose. How do you live your purpose through your why? And what is your why? And how important is it for people to have a why? Um, I think that you know, I think my my purpose is my why. You know, I I said I want to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, and that's a very very broad statement. I know. But the way it plays itself out in my life is through daily seeking to faithfully reflect the goodness, truth, and beauty of God. And how that more specifically plays itself out is how I honor, respect, help develop other people in my life. And... Would I like for my impact to go beyond my physical, personal relationships within this radius? I would. I would love that, that the Lord yep. would have. Um, but until then and beyond then, I just want to be faithful in all of the small tasks that I've been given to do every day. Not just the glamorous things and the exciting things and the fun things. The yep. things that make pure discipline. Yeah. And... So I think that that my why is driven by my purpose Yep. and my why is foundational to continuing to move forward. For, for those, for those that are, are looking for a, a deeper meaning, what are some of the the things somebody can utilize as a why and i think we have to be courageous enough to ask some fundamental questions about ourselves simple questions not complex now the answers might seem complex but the questions yeah. are the questions are the origin of life why does life exist? Um, yeah. Why do I exist? Is this a random chance that this occurred? Or was it in the mind and heart of God in all eternity? Yes. And starting from that perspective, try, trying to decide, am I an accident? Because if I was an accident, my philosophy is going to be eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. I will take that Epicurean philosophy in a minute. Yeah. I have not come to that conclusion. I've come to the conclusion that a loving God has placed me here for a purpose and that my supreme delight and joy is to live out that purpose all of my days. And that is where I find my joy. And so 
asking those fundamental questions and kind of if you are in a place where you are open to the idea that you are not here by random chance and you can embrace that and investigate that, I would encourage you to not rest until you have investigated that to its fullest. Yeah. So look at the path of faith. Explore it. Be honest enough with yourself to say, I want to come to some conclusions about what I believe to be true. And I'm not going to stop until I reach some kind of conclusion. Yep. And so I would encourage people to be honest with themselves and start to explore. I think that's the first and necessary step to finding purpose. Another way to do it is by really looking at where you're gifted in a more practical way. When you see how you're gifted or what your interests are. Yep. And exploring those more deeply. And if you haven't found those, if you don't know what you're good at, if you haven't found something that just really excites you and lights your fire, keep exploring. Yes. Keep Keep showing up to new things. Takes courage. Yep. Try it. It may lead to something amazing. But if you give up and you just become, if you, if you give up and you decide that life is meaningless and that I'm just going to be the Epicurean that consumes, I'm going to be a consumer. I'm going to live out my days for me. Yep. Then you will be led to despair. And that makes me so sad. Yes. Because I want people to see that that, that they are not accidents. Yeah, that they are loved, and that their lives have meaning. Yes, they go beyond, and they were were made to live a life so far beyond their little world and meeting basic needs. So I just encourage people to to start asking questions, fundamental basic questions, and then not saying, "Hmm, "I really don't know." One cannot know. Only I think, therefore, I am. That's all I know. But they can say, yes, and because I am an intelligent being with the ability to use my senses to think and perceive this amazing world that's here, maybe that there is something beyond what I've thought of that is more grand and more amazing that's out there for me to discover. So I'm going to put on my adventure boots and I'm going out and I'm going to find it. Yes. And so find that, answer those questions, find that adventure, be brave. And remember, going back to our earlier um, discussion, you have to see that you're worth it. Yes. You are worth exploring. You are worth discovering. You are worth asking yourself those hard questions and being determined to keep asking until you find the truth. Because the truth is out there. Yes. So for those who, you know, are living, living throughout their purpose, they're showing up in their purpose, they, they're, they're living their why, or for those who, who might need to want to work on that, or if somebody who's even, maybe don't even know those words, but the word potential comes up. <laughs> um, we're all trying for the most part, we all hope that we're all trying to just be the very best that we can, that we're not just consumers, that we're here for a reason that we're, we're, we're providing and we're, we're 
coming together to make Mother Nature and the world that God gave us a better place, better than we left it. And how can somebody, um, how can somebody like work within their potential to reach it? And do you ever feel that you can fully reach your full potential? Well, I, that's a great question. I do not, I, I do think people can reach their full potential. Absolutely. If that weren't a possibility, then we have false hope. And that would be very sad and detrimental to our, <laughs> our philosophy. Um, so yeah, I think that people can reach their full potential. And the fun is in trying and exploring. I think that like I said before, you have to have courage to do this. You have yeah. to have courage in order to try to reach your full potential. And I, I, this is so familiar to me right now with my children and the ages that they are. So I have a son that's about to go to college. And there are questions and concerns and fears associated yeah. with that. And I just keep telling him, go show, just keep showing up, show up to the, to the event. Show yes. up to the class. You never know where that will lead you. But the, the, I guess the, um, default tendency is for us just to stay at home, especially right now. Just yep. stay at home and continue to do what I do and then nothing changes. Yes. My encouragement is just to go out there and take chances and follow paths, find a path to follow until you know for sure either this is or this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I feel like I can keep just going on and on and on with you. Um, this has been such a, a powerful conversation and my listeners are for sure going to take away a lot of inspiration, insights, knowledge, useful tips that they can start implementing right away so thank you so very much for showing up today flowing through that wholehearted heart that I know that you have and really just being open to sharing your story and and sharing all of your life experiences because I really know that it's going to make a huge impact um, for my listeners and I just want to before asking you the last couple of questions, I just want to say thank you um, for all that you are doing um, in this world. You are a impact of positivity. Um, I think you don't realize how much influence you do have um, on people um, outside of your hometown, outside of your gym and your family. Uh, you are making splashes all over the world uh, with your videos, with you just showing up. So thank you so very much. Please don't ever stop that because uh, uh, God has given you a purpose and, and that purpose is, is shining very bright on this world, which is, which is needed. So thank you so much. Thanks for what you do. Uh, where can my listeners find you? Well, um, Wait, they can find me. I actually have a YouTube channel that I just created over quarantine. This was my son's idea. Oh, okay. He's an amazing video editor. And um, 
It's called LJ Fit. It's on YouTube. Okay. So I have this okay. channel that we just started. And then you can also email me at ljonesyep at gmail.com. Yep. In addition to finding me on Instagram at Laura Jones underscore JSF. Awesome. 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 All right. My final question for you, and it's my final question for all of my uh, guests, is what is your perspective on positivity? I think that positivity, that is not, forgive the old term, Pollyanna, pie in the sky, is founded on truth and held to the truth so that we are basing our perspective on good coming out of every moment of our lives on truth that's unshakable. I do not think that being positive is foolish or a waste of time. It is powerful. It is impactful. It's based on truth because there is good news that we can bank on. And it actually helps us fulfill our calling when we go out and we create and produce things that we were meant to do because we have a positive perspective of what our calling is. So it is powerful to be positive, to have hope helps us sustain life. And without hope, we have nothing. So positivity is one of the most powerful forces in the universe if it is founded in truth. If it is founded on, you know, foolish, uh, the happy beliefs based on no truth, then it's not going to be very helpful. It's not going to be as powerful for sure. You just nailed that, that out of all of my, my guest answers, your explanation really like hit the heart because what I've, what I'm always known for a lot of the time is my positivity. Everyone's just like, it's either people don't believe that I just can naturally be this positive for the most part. They either like, they just don't believe it. They're like, oh, that girl's lying. She just, you know what I mean? They don't, cause they don't feel it themselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you said it. Now I, I'm going to use that because I'm always like, I just, it's, it's a part of me. I believe I'm blessed with more positivity genes than others, maybe. God maybe gave them more to me. But I also believe now that you just said that, it comes from a truth. My Mm -hmm. positivity comes from a truth within my heart, knowing that rather right now might not be a positive moment within the human aspect of the mind. But I always know that, like, I can either revert to something that was positive in my life that I can now channel into that moment. Or I always know that with going back to, like I said, I can go, okay, this was, this was my expectation. This was my plan. 
and it didn't work out. So that's why there's a negative aura in it. So now why, how can I, how can I use you, God, to bring the, the positive in that's going to come from me just reworking on what needs to be worked on in this moment of negativity? And I know once I do that, positivity is going to be the byproduct of it. That's right. So it, yeah, I love that. I love that. I have so much to say that's um, even more foundational to all of that, but I don't think we have time. Maybe that's for another podcast. But I am trying to develop, I have been encouraged um, to develop some material. I'm going to start producing some things that I am going to put online um, that give you more of a glimpse of my philosophy and um, my um, you know, foundational truth from which I do everything from and hoping to share a bunch of stories throughout history, giving you examples of people who have lived a life of faith and hope and who have produced things for the world that have propelled us forward for good that a lot of us don't even know their names. So yeah. I have discovered a lot of stories through my research of people who have lived these lives and you may have never heard of them, but because they did this out of faith and hope and belief, yes, reap the benefits from, you know, 500 years ago, 200 years ago, 50 years ago. I inspire myself by learning about these people and seeing those characteristics and qualities played out in that, like we talked about that specific time in history that they were placed in for a reason. Yep. I yep. see it played out in their stories, in their life stories. And I read a story every day. It inspires me. So I am looking for a way to share those stories with other people, to inspire other people by sharing, you know, just not just my story, but the story yep. of others that have gone before us that um, have lived lives of hope and positivity. So, Oh, well, for one, I'm really excited for that. However, God manifests that to come to life through you. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Um, thank you again so very much for joining me. Um, it's been a great conversation and I'll definitely have to get you on because, well, we just didn't have enough time. <laughs> um, so thank you so very much once again. Um, I really appreciate uh, all that you, all that you have shared, all of your openness. Um, all of your insights, information, tricks, and tips. Uh, thank you so very much. I really well, appreciate thank you it. Thank your time. I really have enjoyed talking to you every minute. Thank you. Thank you. You have an excellent rest of your day. Thanks, Candice. You too. Okay, so I wasn't joking, right? That episode was just wow, wow, wow. Okay, her energy is just phenomenal. Her her insight, her grace, her power, uh, her knowledge, everything is just is just off the hook and incredible and touching and so impactful and if you guys enjoyed this episode please let us know by tagging us on the socials on instagram it is laura jones underscore 
LSF and it's for me it is at spark plug wellness please also write and review the podcast it really does help get uh, the episodes out to more listeners for my guests value to impact more people and it allows me to know that I'm on the right track to providing what you guys are truly wanting to listen to and, and what you guys are wanting to learn I want to now just take time to say thank you guys so very much from my bottom of my heart whether this is your first episode listening or you have been a dedicated listener I appreciate you guys I love you guys for taking the time to listen in to the positive spark plug podcast it is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive